This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy Trev, and this is Steven. What's up, Steven? Oh, same old brother, same old. Just been staying out in the water, trying to get as much as I can while I can. Yeah, man, you've been killing it with the smallies down there. Yeah, we had a pretty good weekend. It was fun. Anytime you can get the Mad Toms and go out and uh, and just work the big fish, it's a blast. They were a little difficult this time, but uh, we, we still slammed down a couple of three pounders, four pounders. It was worth it. And you have a you have a little video of that coming out very soon here. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, most of the editing done today, and uh, I just got to add in a couple other things. Then we'll have that up hopefully live thursday is my projection right now uh mainly because i've got to go into work tomorrow and not happy about that but it cuts away from my time from editing why does it always seem like we we haven't been on the mic in such a long time i don't know it it really does but at the same time it's nice because it's just natural it just flows right back not that i was any good to begin with but (laughs) it reminds me of that segment Uh, (laughs) life with a derelict (laughs) life with a derelict oh you got another Uh, story to share today um um (laughs) i I think it just reminds me it just reminds me of the life of a derelict um i guess yeah i guess fuck it i'll I'll go with a nice story yeah let's lead it off so life, life with a derelict um so when I would spend time with the derelict, everything, because you had said natural and, you know, everything was so forced and so business oriented and so like, you know, oh, this had to be done and that had to be done. And it makes everything so stressful. So the fun and, was robbed out of it. Yeah. The derelict always stole the fun out of everything. He was a fun stealer and it just <laughs> never made it a good time. Boy, so. it sounds to me like he just took whatever the hell he wanted. Absolutely. Oh, he definitely took whatever he wanted. Let's not go there. It's not. But uh, that's just life with a derelict. So sorry, I just had to chime in when you said about being natural, because you know we just want to be that natural, you know, fun, fun givers, not fun takers. <laughs> not, we don't want to be the wet dream killers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like we just don't want to be those guys. Oh, that's funny. 
That, that's a good way to kick this one off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's just nice to be back, though, and, and, and talking with, you know, yourself and talking with uh, our guest today, it was just, it was good to be back on the microphone, man, and, and back in, in that motion of that feel, you know, you kind of get caught up in the in the situations of life. I mean, we've all been going through this whole COVID thing, and, and it's just kind of taken a toll, but it, there's it seems to be some type of light at the end of the tunnel where life is kind of starting to go back to normal. Um, I know that there's like some surges in some areas that with with uh, with the whole COVID bullshit, um, like Arizona and Florida and oh, yeah. you know, Georgia. But let's think of this for one second. Now I'm going to put it in a little bit of logic, and it's way that's been explained to me is those places never had a big surge. No, no. So Florida, this is like Texas and Arizona combined doesn't have one third of the casualty rate of New York City alone. Correct. So they never went through phase one, phase two, phase three. They've never had that. With here in Connecticut, we've had like seven different fucking phases of COVID that have pushed through here. <laughs> Waves. Well, no, it's, it's true. It, it's funny, and and you're 100 percent correct. And actually, I was asking a doctor the other day. I said, "So, uh, in your opinion, when do you think this will end?" And he turned and looked at me. He goes, "Whenever the politicians say it does." Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that funny story puts you into perspective. Funny fact, right? So, I was a little nervous being on the fishing boats um, because you're around people constantly. And obviously, as a lot of you guys know, here in Connecticut, we're near New York City and things are a little bit more hectic than others. But I had a lady on the boat and she was the head of nursing for 16 different um, hospitals across the country. And she was in the COVID units. That's what she was in charge of. And I had a conversation with her um, and I said, you know, I'm a little worried about this whole COVID thing. And she says, I'd be more worried about politicians than I would be COVID. And when it came out of her mouth like that, yep. she said, yes, there truly honestly is a virus, right? And people are dying. Yes, they are. And, and, and these true things are actually happening. And, and I get it and I understand it. But where I'm going with this is like, yes, I'm afraid of COVID. Yes, it's fucking real. Yes, it can really happen to every single one of us. And something really could happen. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they're true. But the inflation of everything, the inflation of numbers, the inflation of cases, the inflations of deaths, the inflations of all these things are not true. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a huge inflation of them. So it is those things. And she was just telling me that, you know, somebody who is of normal health and healthy, no underlying issues is not effective and they're making it way worse. And they're kind of putting the thumb down on all the people underneath them. So just one of those things, just kind of one of those things to think about because I was petrified of it. You know, I was afraid to be around the people and stuff, but you know, now seeing the light of the tunnel and things are kind of life is starting to go back to normal in a lot of places and same with here. And, you know, I hope that there's not another wave of it, but we'll see what happens when it happens. But I don't really care about that. I care about deer season because it's, I think it's 96 days away here. Yeah. It's close, man. Yeah. Every time I look at it, I'm like, holy crap, it's like right there. Am I ready? No, no, I'm, I'm definitely not ready. Like, so tomorrow me and Captain Seth, we're planning on going to, to put out trail cameras. 
because we don't yeah, have trade. And, and what happened to that? I killed a big shark yesterday, and we decided that we're going to go and kill another one tomorrow. All right. I'm putting the brakes on. Back up. You killed a big shark yesterday. I saw it. I kind of got the inside scoop from you. But uh, there are a lot of people asking. They want to know a little bit about the details. And frankly, after talking to you, it sounds like you had that unicorn day. And I think you ought to explain to everybody how the day went and why that is such a uh, one in a million type day. So... So with it, obviously, these thresher sharks are, they've become a, a norm um, this time of year around here. When the chub mackerel and the bunker end up showing up, these things end up piling in, sometimes actually closer than normal. Um, we've caught them in the sound before, um, but that's not yet. That will come in the future. Um, so we know that around this time they show up. And my buddies um, have killed a ton of them. So they decided, we decided that we were going to go and we were going to go uh, fish for them. So I had a trip in the morning and a good friend of mine, Captain Mike, as you guys all might know and hear about him, Fetus. Um, we decided that we were going to go catch a, a thresher. So we took off. Um, we were actually a little bit late because our good buddy, Don, um, he had to work. And he was, we were supposed to leave at 2.30 he didn't, then he was going to show up at three. He didn't end up showing until four, fueled up the boat and we took off. It's about an hour and a half ride. So we got out to where we were going and we tried finding bait. We were looking for the Chub Max and we couldn't find them right where they were. So we actually had to turn around and come back in halfway and grab some bluefish. So we grabbed some fresh bluefish and we headed back off. So that was about another 45 minutes. We set in and we we actually caught it on a bluefish fillet and so we set it up and captain mike goes i don't know man that bluefish fillet is getting a little nervous just joking around 10 minutes later while we hear which a thresher will tail whack their prey before they actually eat it so you hear them tail whack it and then they'll come back and then they'll take it and then there it goes so we're on and this this fish was really erratic man it was like one of the very wild and it's not a didn't fight like a normal fighting shark and what he actually did was he actually charged the boat at one point we thought we lost this fish five times before mike even handed me the rod so mike set the hook on the fish um and then handed me the rod i locked in because i was getting a belt on I locked into this fish. Mike thought he lost it five times. This thing was just erratic. Left, right, back, forward. It was coming towards the boat, staying in one spot. I mean, it was definitely not acting like a normal shark. So I ended up locking into this fish. Um, after. So we had set in for 10 minutes. We hooked the fish after 10 minutes of setting in. Um, and he ended up taking off six minutes after we had hooked into him. So 16 minutes into this fight we end up we put the we put the dart in this fish so which is almost unheard of with a big with a big thresher um so six minute fight and we had this thing in the boat uh mike had darted it but in the meantime when this thing had charged the boat it came in and it got stuck in the rudder so we could see the fish 20 20 feet down out on the side of the boat but the string was going underneath the boat um, and it had caught on our gear underneath. So then it comes out and then it gets stuck on the, um, 
on the chum pot, which Mike is very, very intelligent when it comes to shark fishing. Mike is a very good shark fisherman, always somebody I've looked up to when it comes to shark fishing because he's very good at it. He's very meticulous and he knows how to target those, what we call exotic sharks, um, which is makos and threshers, which those are your edible sharks. We can ca- Anybody can catch a blue shark, but catching your exotics, man, is, is one of the hardest things. And Mike is very good at it. But one of the things that he's kind of done is he made this special chum bucket. And I won't go into it because that's his special chum bucket. And I think that he should make a (laughs) – well, I think he should make a patent on it because it's so fucking smart what he did. Gotcha. Um, So what he uses, he uses when he ties it to the boat, really thin string, like shitty twine type string. Don't give it away. Well, no. This is is a very smart thing. So he makes a floating – um, a floating chum bucket. So what happens is if, if it breaks off the side of the boat, then what happens is you just let it go and then you just watch it and then you never break slick, which breaking slick is very important because if it's a fish that you're not going to kill, then you need to get back back on your slick. So if you are to pull the bucket out of the water, then you lose your slick and then you're not keeping those fish coming into the boat. So it's very smart because he breaks it off. So the fish ends up getting caught in the bucket, breaks off the little shitty twine and it stays there. We end up reeling in the fish, harpooning it, killing it, and then going back and getting the bucket. But if we weren't to kill that fish, we can just tie back up the bucket and didn't break slick. So it's very smart um, what he did. So in 16 minutes, we ended up killing it. From port to port was about three and a half, four hours, which is unheard of. To kill your exotic and end up back to the dock in less than four hours. And it's an hour and a half travel for us, 45 minutes um, to find bait and we were back to the dock. So pretty cool. It was a fun experience, man. My first exotic on the boat. Um, I've caught a bunch of Makos, not big enough. When I first started shark fishing, the regs had changed from 54 inches to 83 inches for, uh, Makos, but now they brought it down to 71 on the males and 83 on the females, I believe. So, and that's because of when they reach their sexual maturity. So you couldn't kill them. So I've caught a bunch of them, but never been able to kill one. And then this was my first thresher that I actually killed. Um, and a lot of people ask, thresher, thresher sharks are very good eating fish. They taste like a swordfish um, and they, they'll fill the freezer. So we all split that up. And hopefully tomorrow we can relive what we did yesterday. Uh, I'm really excited. Me and Captain Seth and a good friend of ours, uh, Nick, are headed offshore after our trip in the morning, and hopefully we can kill another one. Hell yeah, dude. That's friggin' awesome. It is badass, dude. Ours was 69 inches, uh, probably put it around a buck 80. Pretty big fish. Uh, not the biggest in the world, actually. We had heard of one that got caught yesterday. It was 94 inches. And Jeez. Yeah, I couldn't imagine... I, a lot of you guys, and we... So we had done a Facebook Live on it, and things went got serious haywire quickly. So we ended up having to put the camera down. And when there's only three of us, I mean, we didn't have a harpoon ready. We didn't have a tail rope ready. We didn't have a gaff ready. We didn't have a shit ready. We literally just had rods in the water. And I kept telling Don, who was the captain of the boat, I said, listen, I said, get the harpoon. Ah, we'll get it when you hook into one. I go, no. I said, you get the fucking harpoon. Sure and shit, he didn't get the harpoon. Didn't get the tail rope. So we had a little bit of havoc. So when we were doing it, uh, you can check it on my personal page. Oh, the Facebook Live, we literally put it down. You can just hear us screaming, it's in the gear. We're going to lose them. And, uh, the whole the whole, the whole, whole climax, the whole thing, you can hear it on audio. Uh, and then I come back on video <laughs> once it's already tail-wrapped and dragged behind the boat. So it was cool. It was a cool trip, man. I'm excited, and I hope we can do it again tomorrow. And we've actually talked about, if anybody is interested 
Um, we're going to run Tuesday shark, uh, shark trips. So if anyone is nice. interested, we've definitely opened up Tuesday. I know Tuesday's podcast day, but um, if they want to do a shark trip, we've opened it up to do charters on Tuesday for sharks. So pretty cool. So everyone who takes a Tuesday trip, you can blame yourself for not getting your Tuesday podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just well, kidding. We'll still podcast. We'll just start early and then we'll end and then I'll no, come you, into the studio. You're good. It. I'm just busting your balls. Yeah, no. We'll still get a podcast out, I promise. Tuesday now, that's that's freaking awesome, dude. So with that, you also had another first that kind of it, it made me laugh. So our, our boys over at WCB kicked out the uh, uh, the first WCB picture with a shark. So uh, yes. hats off to you. Yeah. I got <laughs> the award for the first shark. And I, what exactly? Uh, I'm was, trying to remember how he said it. it hold it on. Was, I'm going to look at it up yeah. right now. <laughs> when he posted that, it made me laugh. I was like, you know, I guarantee you that was the last thing on his mind when he posted that. <laughs> yeah, he had posted. Do, 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 do. I got to find it here. I couldn't believe that he even posted it. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't expect him to. I was just tagging him because I was wearing my lucky hat. Oh, here it is. Is the first shark and WCB photo champion goes to the Outdoor Drive podcast. Yeah. Mad props. Kurt, so, thanks for paying attention. It was cool. I was glad. I was kind of pumped about it. I had just tagged him in it because, I don't know, I was wearing my WCB hat, my brown one, which I normally is my lucky shed hunt hat. So See? I had grabbed it, and it's like my everyday hat now. Well, well, you know how I, the reason I say Kurt, thanks for paying attention, is because I know it wasn't Steve. Yeah, right. <laughs> Steve would have had some other off-the-wall comment for you other than that. <laughs> he would have, who, God only knows what Steve would have yeah, said. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to say what he would have come up with because that dude can one line off the top of his head. Absolutely. And they're always great, but <laughs> that was definitely not a Steve comment. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Well, you know what, Steve? To be honest with you, I think that we should... Oh, shit. Do you hear that? I do. I think we ought to crank it up. What is that? That's the news for your crews. Hmm. Mike Salta. Sweet. Let's let it roll. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. Let's start this one off in Pennsylvania and all you predator hunters out there, listen up because this one's for you. Uh, the Pennsylvania House and Senate have approved House Bill 1188. Uh, it was sent to the governor on June 24th. The bill updates and revises the restrictions on the use of infrared, thermal, and similar night vision optics uh, and devices used for hunting, uh, which were previously prohibited. So that is expected to be signed by the governor, um, but no date on that as of yet. So keep an eye out. Uh, now on to black bears at it again uh, in the news, this time in Illinois. This one's been going on for a little while. Uh, black bear has been roaming through Western Illinois since June 10th, uh, where the bear traveled all the way from Wisconsin. Um, and the DNR has stated that he's likely looking for a mate, um, but they don't believe that the bear will stay because Illinois doesn't really provide appropriate habitat for the bear to be there long-term. 
Um, the bear has been getting a lot of public attention, uh, and the DNR is urging people to stay at least 100 yards away from the bear uh, and let it continue its journey safely on its own. So uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing that a little more in the news as that bear either sets up shop in Illinois or decides to return to Wisconsin. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard, uh, Martin Archery uh, recently announced their acquisition of Obsession Bows, uh, bringing together two major bow brands. Uh, and for all you Obsession shooters out there, there's no need to worry. Um, Martin Archery has stated that they are um, working to continue the Obsession line of bows. So that's great. <clears throat> So now let's uh, switch gears to some invasive species to be on the lookout for here. Uh, the first one right here in my home state of Connecticut, uh, scientists at, uh, marine scientist at Cops Island has confirmed that the highly invasive Chinese mitten crab has been found in Norwalk. Um, six crabs have been found since December. Uh, so far, five male and one female and all of reproductive size. These crabs are native to China and are considered a delicacy in Asian cuisine. And for nearly a century, they have occupied other areas uh, across the world and have actually been uh, a top 100 invasive species in the world. Uh, the crabs tend to migrate up freshwater rivers from saltwater bays and burrow into the banks. Um, they destabilize the shores, weakening dams and levees. They clog screens, pumps, and other water intake structures, um, effectively turning your embankments into jello uh, and causing hundreds of millions of dollars in damage. They're a super resilient species uh, that also uh, threaten human health. They carry a handful of harmful bacteria and also a parasite that attacks human lungs if eaten raw or undercooked. Um, a single female Chinese mitten crab can uh, release up to a million eggs. Um, and recreational and commercial fishermen are being um, encouraged if they find one of these uh, not to put it back at all, not to release the crabs back into the waters. Um, and to be on the lookout for um, these crabs are specific uh, in the sense that they have furry claws uh, and none of our native species here in Connecticut have that feature. So if you find a crab with furry claws, please don't put it back and contact uh, not only Cops Island, but also uh, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection immediately. So now on to Virginia with another invasive species to be on the lookout for for you anglers, uh, and that is the Alabama bass. The Alabama bass uh, is a species that outcompetes the largemouth uh, and also hybridizes with the smallmouth, smallmouth bass. Uh, the bass are nearly identical to spotted bass. Um, their distinguishing features are uh, that the jaw of Alabama bass lines up with the middle and to rear of the eye, whereas the largemouth jaw extends beyond the eye, and they have a dark blotchy lateral band uh, from the head to the tail and have spots below that band. Anglers who suspect they have caught an Alabama bass should take a picture and clip a thumbnail sized portion of a pelvic fin. Uh, then store that fan clip dry in an envelope and can contact the Department of Game and Inland Fisheries in Virginia. 
now let's uh, have some positive news. From right here, again, out of the Northeast in Rhode Island, um, on Wednesday, July 1st, uh, the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management held a ribbon cutting uh, for the new Rocky Point State Park Fishing Pier in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, this new pier is 280 feet long and it's a T-shaped pier with uh, shade structure, benches, railings, uh, and solar lighting. The railing heights uh, on the pier are uh, various various heights to allow people of all ages and abilities to enjoy access to Narragansett Bay uh, and one of the state's prime fishing areas. So if you're in the area, try, try your luck and uh, let me know how the bite is. So as always, uh, I'd appreciate if you guys have any news, feel free to reach out Facebook or Instagram, Mike Salter, bearded, bearded underscore bowhunter21. Uh, that's it for today, and enjoy your ride. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate you, man. Always doing your due diligence, bro. We appreciate it, man. Even on vacation last week and still had the news for the cruise. Really stepping up that game, bro. He's on it. He, he's <laughs> going back to an earlier conversation. He's trying to set that bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's setting it high. And well not even done. that, but he got his uh, he got his unicorn back. I he came and picked up his uh, his euro amount. <laughs> yeah, thing was cool looking. I ain't gonna lie. It is, dude. That was badass, bro. I didn't want to give it back. I know. I know you didn't. <laughs> Fucking cool as hell. He had like weird bone in the front of his forehead too. Like he had like like bone plate. Like he was probably gonna have another antler come straight out of the center of his forehead. If you look real closely, it's I pretty cool. almost want to say Mike. You should have gave it another year, but at the same time, I'm gonna say Mike. I'm glad you didn't give it another. I mean, it just came out great. I'm almost glad. I mean, like he euroed it and shit, but I won't. I would have loved to see. The, I mean, it's that caliber of deer would should have had. Uh, uh, a full shoulder mount. Yeah. But it was cool to see it the way that it was. I mean, if I had the extra money, I was just going to bring it to a tax service and have it mounted for him, but I don't have that money. So maybe in the future. So, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> make sure you stay on his ass, kill another yeah. big one this year. Maybe <laughs> Trev will pay for your Euro and then just have it full mounted. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, let's, let's thank the people we partner with. Yeah. Give them a shout. So first off, I want to go and thank the people that we work with. I want to start with the good old Nor'easter game calls. Nor'easter game calls. Get them in close. Check them out. Nor'eastergamecalls.com. Um, we're getting into that pre-deer season uh, mode. So go and check out the Evolution Series, Grunt Tubes. Um, we got some new stuff coming out, so make sure you stay tuned to that. NorEasterGameCalls.com. Oh, also, we wa- still got to finalize that design for Mark. I know. Seriously. There's one little piece, but we, we got to get that finalized. I know. Uh, what's Wild Edge? WildEdgeInc.com. Um, go and check them out over there. The leader in mobile, mobile hunting. Live wild. Your perch, your saddle hunting needs. Go and check them out, wildedgeinc.com. Also, Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Save yourself 10%. Custom bowstrings, any color. Get jillified over there at Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. Also, Broadside Camo. Broadsidecamo.com. You guys hear the same shit every single time. Um, Outdoor Drive is the promo code on that one. That one 
if you buy something, you get something for free. If you use the promo code Outdoor Drive. Yep. $45 purchase gets you a little extra something thrown in free. That's what it is. And now's the time. I can't tell you enough. Start getting your gear. Yes. Don't wait until the last second. It's, use it. Especially if you guys are going in that mobile mobile hunting, that the saddle hunting, the tree stand mobile hunting. Um, go and get your shit now. Try it on. Use it. Um, get comfortable with all of your, your steps, your perches, your aiders, your suaders, um, even your new camos, man. Uh, Broadside came out with that, that new sweatshirt the saddle hunting sweatshirt for early oh, I season. I can't wait to get that hoodie in. I got some yep. cool. As soon as those cameras come in that uh, mm-hmm. Drew is kicking down, mm-hmm. I am going to do a really cool video just to show you and disprove what everybody is worried about, about the way he has his camo set up with the light diffusion going into dark. And, and the funny thing is, if you want to see it too, a lot of you guys may or may not have checked it out, but on our YouTube page, we actually have a video with the broadside camo stuff. Uh, if you want to check it out, uh, most of it's for the Versa White, the early season stuff, but it's still the photorealism stuff. So you can go on there and check that out. Um, DNM Custom Arrows, dnmcustomarrows.com. Go and check them out for all your custom uh, arrow needs, whether it is the traditional world or the compound world. Make sure you go and check them out. And make sure also, you tell Gary to continue sending those incredible voicemails. Yeah, we love his voice. <laughs> um, and he, actually, congratulations to Gary also because he's on The Push. If you guys haven't seen it, it's the traditional uh, podcast, The Push. You can check him out on YouTube. He just did a video of turkey hunting, which actually came out phenomenal. Gary did a great job with that. Awesome. Um, a new partner. We have, a, we have two new partners, actually. Um, the first one is Out on the Limb out on the limb.com dude if you guys haven't gone and checked it out the new uh sticks that he just came out with um he's got a ton of different platforms uh the camera arms the reach you name it he's got it when it comes to innovative side of the mobile hunter out on the limb is the place to go uh light versus verse versatility of it uh it, it's it's amazing 100% american made in-house by hand yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, and he's just fucking badass. And if you haven't listened to it, we have an Out on the Limb podcast with Matt Garris. So go and listen it. You can hear a little bit about that. Um, also, we just partnered up and working with Rack Rage. Wait, who's that? Rack Rage. Rack Rage. Rack Rage. So if you guys haven't seen it, Go and check it out. Um, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook. We give out the addresses in this podcast alone. So go and check them out and use them for the lady too. Make your lady in your life happy with a new prod with a new piece of apparel. Apparel. I think that's where you look for. Yeah, I didn't know what I was looking. I didn't. Ah, whatever. So we thank them <laughs> for making this possible and me to stumble over my words. Thank you, well, guys. If they're still listening, then... Uh, they probably I, already skipped over this. They're like, we've heard this thing yeah. fucking 13 times. What does it really matter? <laughs> yeah, they want to get to the meat and gravy of it. So I, get, I, I guess we should just give them what they want. Isn't that how it goes? The, the, the customer's always right or something yeah, like that. Here in our world, they're not, so... But let's give it to him. Ooh, I like it. Rule change. I'm down with that. All right. All right, let's roll into it. Let's bring on Derek from We'll Draw Assassins. (laughs) 
stack, stack. back on the phone with Derek from Full Draw Assassins. What's up, Derek? What's up, boys? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good, you know. Uh, just got done work. Rushed here to talk to you fellas. Oh, I don't know why you rushed home for that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an excuse to get out of work. I can get behind that. <laughs> That's true. I'm thinking about hunting all day at work, so why not? What Nothing better to come home and talk hunting. So. I like it. It's that time of year, man. We were just talking about that and how how everybody's in that mode now. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm at work. Cameras, yeah. I'm thinking about hanging a tree stand with a tool belt on, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Daydreaming you're in the tree stand. That's kind of like a saddle. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I'm five foot off the ground and scaffold, dude. I start pulling back and thinking about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome well if the hvac guy came in this side i could turn this way <laughs> the electrician came on this side oh, i'm right in the double long <laughs> <laughs> well derek why don't you tell everyone who you are man where you're from and what you do all right my name is derek bradis i'm a uh, union carpenter um from a small town about a half hour outside of philadelphia I'm the co-founder of Full Draw Assassins, me and my best bud, Ken Wrights, and uh, we're just, we're loving life right now, man. Everything's going out good for us, and we're just getting ready for deer season like you fellas are, and just counting down the days, man. It's coming quick. Awesome. So what, so what exactly is Full Draw Assassins? Uh, that's, for those that's that don't long. know. That's I was a, gonna say. <laughs> well, do you want to know how it started or what it is? I mean, but what it is, it's uh, I, the best way I can describe it. It's me, my best bud. I mean, we've been hunting for about four or five years now, and uh, we kind of just were bow hunting, you know, just like no filming, nothing, just like regular Joes. And I always had the interest in filming hunts and putting it out there, you know, just kind of just for us. I always thought it'd be cool to that bowl period like right now to go back and watch a buck i shot in november on my tv just to get me through it i always thought that'd be like the coolest thing in the world but i knew nothing about cameras i knew nothing about filming none of that and i came to him and one day and i was like it was actually this past august and i was like i was like hey dude i'm like i'm thinking about filming my hunts this year you want to do it and he's like he's like oh i'll help you out whatever you need me to do you know he wasn't really big on the idea of it because yeah, i don't a lot of people don't know but we're not we're not hiding it by any means as he shot his first year this year. He wasn't, he wasn't a real successful hunter leading up to last season, but he never quit and he kept pushing at it and he finally got it done. He got his first doe. We actually, first year we got killed on film. Actually, I was sitting there filming him. So that was pretty cool. But so he was a little reluctant into getting into filming and stuff. He felt like that was more pressure on, which is completely understandable. So I didn't push it on him at all. It was kind of just my thing that I really wanted to do. And then he was like, okay. So I had a camera laying around the house, a nice DSLR. And uh, we went out to the lease that we have, and we started just taking pictures of us shooting, um, video of us hanging tree stands, stupid stuff, you know, that everyone does. Yeah, that's how you and learn. We didn't, 
Yeah, and I was like, you know, we're gonna put, let's put it out there. You know, let's put it out there because there's not many where we where we live. It's not it's not a big hunting community. You don't really have the following that a lot of states or towns do. So we wanted to kind of be different from everyone else in our area. So we, I was like. I was like, let's make an Instagram or something just to, just to put our stuff out there. I don't care. But there was we weren't playing by any means of doing anything with it. And um, yeah, so we we made the Instagram. He's like, what do you want to make the name? I was like, I don't know. When I was a kid, I always had a dream of like a outfitter called Full Draw Outfitters. I always thought that was like the sickest name because like Full Draw to me has always meant something special. I actually have Full Live Life at Full Draw tattooed on my arm. Um. It's a big deal to me. You boys know, like when you're at full draw, the world stops. Oh yeah. You know, every, everything just calms down. You don't hear nothing. You don't feel nothing. You don't know what time it is. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters, you're a full draw looking down that animal. So that, that, that's just that little simple full draw meant so much to me. And I was like, all right, let's do full draw. And then I was thinking something to go with it. And I was like, I was like, dude, assassins is pretty, pretty fucking badass, dude. Let's do that. And, it's kind of ironic because we're not assassins by any means. And you get a lot of haters say that shit all the time, too. Well, I don't uh, hate. Yeah, dude. Fuck fucking, them. Yeah, because he shot his doe last year. We had it on film. It was awesome, dude. It was, it was so fucking cool. He shot, him, he shot her in the neck. And he didn't aim. If you watch the video, I told the dude, if you watch the video, she ducked and he actually he actually got lucky. Like he was going to shoot over her back and she turned and hit her in the neck. And people, oh, you call yourselves assassins. But like she's fucking dead, isn't she? And send a picture of our plate eating her. So that's what we're about, dude. And then after starting that, it just kind of started to kind of just take off a little bit, like faster than we expected and not really what we wanted. We didn't know it was going to, we were going to make anything out of it. Now it's like a 365 day job for me. Like I'm just so invested in it. Like everything. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Especially when you throw the camera into it, nothing stops. Uh, it's, it's just insane how much time it takes to cut like, a 20 minute yeah. video. Well, a, a eight hour hunt turns into a, a two day hunt. If you count the editing and everything else that afterwards, but I love it, dude. Like, I, I absolutely love it. I love sitting up till one o'clock in the morning editing photos and a video. I'm obsessed with it. See, and Trev, I'm, like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you guys do that shit because I won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just obsessed with it. And it, it takes like a certain person because I like he he won't do that sometimes. Like he's not he's not in that, but he knows that I'm into it and he'll support me. You know, so that's why we kind of, we're like a yin and a yang. Like we kind of work. He, like we work together good in that sense and i got a lot of friends at hunt that think i'm crazy for wanting to oh that takes the fun out of it not for me dude it makes a lot more it makes it more fun i love it it adds it adds so much more to it than what it is and i guess you know going back on a lot of it because like when you're saying it like you know kenny shooting his first deer last year and so on and so forth i mean like to to you guys that shit doesn't really matter i mean that doesn't you know him being out there and grinding and and you out there and you know the way that he took a shot and everything and those haters. I mean, that's, that's the fuel to the power there. Um, oh yeah. 100%. And, and that you guys are just that, that raw real, like whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. And, and you know, when people are busting your ass, you send them a picture of the, the meat on the table. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter how you got there. And, and I think a lot of people go through this whole filming thing and they, they get nervous about what to put on the internet. Um, as obviously you might know, like, I had a problem with that with people with turkey hunting season this year. 
guy goes mm-hmm. to me and said that I should have tagged a bird that I missed because he he said that I I I injured it or I wounded it. When I didn't, I completely missed it. It went up 30 yards, and I actually called that thing around me for fucking over an hour. Never ended up shooting it again. But yeah. putting things out on film is a tough way because your perspective is different than what other people perceive it as. Exactly. And that, that's what I said to people. I mean, it was just one guy in particular. I slowed the reel down, even posted it slow motion to see the deer ducking. And he, he was going to miss straight up. And the deer... She ducked and turned, and it was just by luck that the arrow hit her. And we were we were happier than pigs and shit, dude. Because I was I was there. I filmed him get his first deer, man. It was it was fucking awesome. Like I I was so happy. And when I did that, and I filmed my first uh, filming someone else shoot a deer, it was like I shot the deer, and I'm like I fucking love this shit, dude. Yeah, like, I am I am fucking hooked. And I tell him, I'm like, dude, I will sacrifice hunts to film you. Because I just love filming hunts, man. It's awesome. Like you, you feel like you shot the deer yourself. It's it's really a cool, satisfying feeling, man. I love it. Well, and that's one thing, I guess. Anyone who's been in the cinematic end of things, doing the film, doing uh, anything of that nature, the guy shooting it with a bow. But guess what? You still got to get the shot with the camera, and exactly. that's a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah, and God bless his soul, man. Like I couldn't, I can't talk any more highly of Kenny, man. He's my best bud since we were eleven. I can even get into how we met up to hunt. We actually got a crazy story, but I get into that later. But man, he, we're um, we're both twenty seven, man, and he, for him to shoot his first year last year and peop, and keep grinding after the years of not getting it done and seeing me shoot bucks and seeing me shoot does and and getting having successful and filling tags. And to have him not give up, like, I tell him all the time, dude. I'm like, man, I'm like, you know how many guys your age would say, fuck this, dude. I'm going to the bar Saturday. I'm not going out <laughs> on I don't shoot shit. You know what I mean? But he kept, yep. he fucking sat it, man. And he, this year, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it. He's going to shoot a nice buck, his first buck. And it's going to, I'm going to get it on film. I told him, I said, you know, I'm sacrificing so many haunts to film you. Because I want to get that moment when you get your first buck, dude. It's going to be awesome. I want to be there the whole ride. And he's putting in so much fucking work. He's a better shot than me with a bow. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Well, so he all he has to do is just show up, man. I'll take care of the rest for him. For sure. And, and that's one other thing. So going back to the haters, people talking all the shit. Mm-hmm. Every hunter I know that has seen a modern hunting show sits in their head and goes, man, I wish I had my first kill on camera. That would have been awesome. Exactly. And that's he does. Yeah. You know, yep. so that, that's exactly what it is, man. And that's what we try to tell, like what you said about the haters and stuff like that. Like it turned into just a page for us. And now that it's kind of taken off, we're, we're shifting gears to kind of what our, what our message, what we want our message to be. And that's kind of to the, cause in our area, we don't have guys that hunt. And if we do have guys that hunt, they're just gun hunting once a year and that's it, which is fine. If that's what they're into, I'm not going to knock anybody, but I'm trying to show that there's more out there. And like a guy like Kenny can pick up a bow after not hunting for 10 years and then keep working at it and grinding at it and get it done. Like there's no, anyone can do this. It's like, I'm a self-taught, I'm self-taught photographer. I'm self-taught video skills. I'm, I'm everything self-taught. Anyone could do this. I'm a construction worker from a suburban town in Pennsylvania. Like I'm, I'm nobody. And I'm, I just, I'm with you. you I'm right there with you. Yep. And that's what I'm just trying to show people. Like you could do this shit. Like, 
if you just have drive and determination, you could do fucking anything. And especially when it comes to hunting, because you already have the passion for hunting down. That's, you don't have to get that. You already have that. So you just add everything else in there. You could do this shit. And that's just kind of the message we're trying to put out there. I think that that, that's a, that's a very solid message. And I think it's a message that a lot of us actually follow behind, man, because like us, like me, Steven, you, I mean, a lot of people that we were friends with, we're just normal average dudes that just happen to try and conquer our, our, our dreams, man. Like I, I get people all the time, dude. Like I had someone today, you know, cause I killed that shark yesterday and they're like, Oh my God, dude, you're really living the dream. And I go, no, I'm not living the dream. I'm fucking chasing the dream. This is what I've always wanted to do. And it's not a yeah. hard thing to do, man. You just got to set your mind to it and just yep. and just keep falling through. It's going to happen. I'm not fucking lucky. I'm not fucking Superman. I'm not special. Nothing's going to happen unless you make it happen. I'm a, it. I'm a firm that, believer in it. That's that's dude. That's that's exactly what I like. I've been just trying to grind so hard, man. Like this is just I personally like me personally, not with Kenny, not involved with full draw assassins like my whole life, like I, I went to college, didn't fucking work. I, I, I dropped out, didn't do it. Did a couple construction jobs, didn't like it. Joined the army. I had fun time. I, I met buddies. It was, it was awesome. Which congratulations then, on your ETS. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, Stephen. Right, we had to do something to keep our asses out of trouble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have turned out like me. Yeah. <laughs> we could only What's aspire. That? What's that? Killing fucking three turkeys a year? That's pretty good. Three turkeys, a shark, 17 three, deer. Three. That's pretty good, dude. Four, yeah, sorry. Trent, four. I, think I think you're living a dream, dude. <laughs> Stop it. Bro. He's chasing it. He's chasing it. You heard him. Chasing, I'm not living it. it. This is living living it would mean that I would have a free ride to do that. Chasing is a totally <laughs> yeah, different dude, world, my friend. For you. Chasing a dream, Trev. There it is. There I Put like it. On a t shirt. Put that on a t shirt. But the thing is, the thing with that, honestly, though, is that a lot of people with the camera, right? So everybody sees the camera and us doing whatever, and we're filming this and pictures and the glory and all these great things. But how many days, how many weeks, how much time, how many hours do we go through to try and make that one glorified picture or that one glorified five-minute film? Yep. And that, that's, that's, but that's why I put out everything, man. And that's, that's one of the reasons I do that. I put out, I put out, we went, we're, we're going to Ohio in November for a week long bow hunt, me and him. And we went out there and marched for five days and scouted. I put that whole video on our YouTube. I put everything out. We're hanging stands. I want people to see the work that we're doing. Not, not, not bragging or saying that like, Hey, look what we're doing to get it done. No, I just want, if someone could see what we're doing and take, but hey they're doing this that way and then they message me or text me like hey why'd you do that and i can explain to them so i put i try to put everything we do out in the open so everyone knows what we're about all the time i don't i I don't want to just show up and shoot a buck and like you said people are you're going to say oh you're living a dream no i worked for it if you go back and look you'll see why i hung this fucking stand here you know yeah nobody did it for you right no no that's you, you got to just do everything yourself and take it and just keep grinding, man. Well, that 10 seconds of glory and that gripping grin, if you think about it, probably cost you about three to 500 man hours to get to. So actually, I got a funny story from this Saturday, actually, that you said that. Um, 
that you said that, Steve. So we were at the we were at our lease Saturday doing a bunch of work. It was like 96 degrees. We were there for like eight hours doing all this work, and it was towards the end of the night. Kenny's getting tired. When if you ever have him on here with us, when he gets tired, he gets fucking cranky. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to be around him, dude. He's worse than my girlfriend sometimes. <laughs> I do he's not know girl. Trev he's my, like He's that. my second girlfriend. He's my weekend girlfriend. There you go. I like it. <laughs> so, towards the end of the day and we have we have one more feeder that we got to go replace the batteries in and we're going to it and he's trying to unscrew the cap of it and he's like this isn't this isn't fucking working there this isn't working let's just go it's it's probably fine i looked at him i said dude i said the littlest fucking shit i said when you're holding a fucking nice eight pointer whatever it is in october because we stopped here and took the extra time to check the batteries on this and set the fucking feeder to go off. It's just little shit like that. Might not be exactly that, but all the little shit that you say, ah, now I'll get to it. When you add all them up, it equals one big thing. And that, that's what I told him. I said, you'll be remembering this when I'm taking your picture with a buck, all the little shit that you didn't want to do or I didn't want to do. And we pushed each other to keep moving because we knew it would be worth it. That's the truth. Because you skip the corners and you're not going to, that success isn't going to feel as good. But or it's be the just little thing. Yeah, it could be the littlest thing, but if you add up all those little things that you don't do, they add up to make one big mistake. And it adds up to that five, three to 500 man hours to make it happen. Yeah, that one night that you get home from work and you're too tired, you don't want to shoot your bow. Well, you never know. That one night that you shoot might have helped you out. Yeah, well, rolling it back, thinking about like uh, from the old combatives perspective, you know, whether mm-hmm. – you know, if you ever wrestled or you were an MMA or military combatives or whatever it be, you know, you learn that if you take care of the small stuff, you know, something as simple as foot placement, hip position, you know, something like that. And the fact that if you ever stop moving, you're dead and you combine the two, you're always moving and always taking care of the little shit and the big stuff takes care of itself. Yep, exactly. And, and it translates perfectly over into the hunt world. Handle the little stuff, focus on the details, the little things, and make sure it's done right. And it just, everything works out in the end. It just does. Yeah, and I, I never used to be like that, man. I was the laziest guy in the world when it came to hunting. I, I got my hunting license in July, sent my doe tags. I sat in my tree opening day. That was the only time I was ever worried about hunting. I didn't care about all the summer step. wasn't a thing for me. I, that's growing up. That's not, it's not the type of hunting I grew up doing the, like the way I'm hunting now. Yeah, I grew it's, up with the it's their rifle t- traditional Pennsylvania hunting. Yeah. That's how I grew up. So I never really, and then when I found out there's other shit involved, I was like, this is fucking awesome. You're telling me I could do stuff that involves hunting in oh, yeah. July and June. <laughs> yeah. I'm down, man. And then, oh, don't even get me started when I discovered you could shoot turkeys. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> let's go not in the spring i thought this was just fucking rainbow trout season <laughs> yep and then it becomes a 365 obsession yep oh my dude you have no idea um, it's crazy god bless my girlfriend and i i love her. i told her i'd put a little shout out for her. she deals with my craziness and never home and always leaving so god bless her and she's actually getting up to move to west virginia with me knowing that i'm chasing a dream so <laughs> She's on board. Yeah, we look forward to having you out our way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough. It's tough past the, the south of the Mason Dixon line, though. 
wet for you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Trev got a good taste of uh, of Virginia hunting this year, and you know what I thought was a you know a great property. We got our asses absolutely handed to us, and then he went home, and he's like, "No, that's not how it is back home." I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm missing something here." <laughs> yeah, I want that. <laughs> It's a different style of hunting, I guess. Like, well, actually, no, you kind of got it in Pennsylvania, though. You have the mountains, too, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where, we, where we are, we're, like where our lease is, it's kind of it's all farmlands. But where our deer camp is upstate, man, it's, it's yeah, it's all, all high, high mountains, heavy mountains. What part you of the state are you guys up, in? Uh, Potter County, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, so up by, we're up by the New York border, right on the border. We we have a deer camp as <laughs> you're hunting right up where I hunt. So I've got a place, a uh, farm I work on, help hay and do some other work on for the old man right there in Friendsville, just below the New York border as well. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're right up there. It's like North Central Pennsylvania. Yeah, and, and that's very much like hunting down here where I brought Trev. Yeah, it's real heavy mountains. We got a bunch of ridge running deer up there. I mean, we don't got we don't got studs up there, but it's just it's fun hunting though. I mean, it's real fun hunting, especially with the gun, because you know you can you can walk for miles, and it's a lot lot of open land, a lot of public land. It's good hunting, but you won't get those one forties, one thirties studs walking around. So that's the only only problem with that. That's why we're kind of blessed where we are down here, our southeast Pennsylvania. We're in a special regulations area, but we got some pretty nice deer running around here because it's to get a spot to hunt down here, you really got to get lucky or know somebody because everything's built up and you don't got many pro hunters down this area. Well, it just happens that uh, we know you and I have a Pennsylvania tag. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Come uh, on down. I think I appreciate is, is Pennsylvania that. over oh. over the counter for tags. Yeah, uh, just buck tag. You get that with your license. Yeah. Tags you got to win. You have to apply at the local court or put in for it over uh, yeah. through mail. I actually just it, got it, mine it really, in the mail. And you could get real confusing at times if you got to read the book and stuff. But yeah, did they bump you guys up down there to do to uh, two does this year? Or are you guys still well, at one? We are a totally different situation than the rest of the state. We're kind of blessed. I mean, we're we're in a special regulation area where two there's two zones in our area or three zones and we start in September. The rest of the state I I think they start in October. I don't even know because I've always Yeah, it's, it's mid October the rest of the state. Yeah, we're September fourteenth. Like we're we're like right there. No kidding. So we're real early. Yeah, we're special regs. We can actually run feeders during hunting season. You can't do that in the rest of the state. Um, and we can have unlimited doe tags. If you pay for them, you can have as many as you want. So huh. we're pretty, we're pretty blessed. Yeah. We're, but it's so hard. The reason being, like I said, they're trying to thin the herd down here because there's nowhere to hunt because there's so many houses and all the farmlands around here is a bunch of, bunch of rich guys that don't like hunting and God forbid you go to ask to hunt there. You're going to be getting chased off the porch with a shotgun. So oh, yeah. that's like, that's why they're giving the guys who do hunt. They want them to kill as many deer as they can around here. Yep. It's sad that it has to be that way, but we kind of lucked out with that. Yeah. But that's at right. least you got some Sundays coming this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Uh, I mean, it's the three Sundays. I'm blessed with that. It's pretty good. It's a long overdue. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's going to stick. I don't, we'll see. I just, 
hope it keeps moving forward and not t- doesn't take a step backwards. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. This one, watching the whole procession building up to getting just the three days. Yeah, um, watching that. Kenny, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I talked to Kenny and I, I love it, and I love the Pennsylvania Game Commission. I've actually had really good encounter. Every time I've had an encounter with him, I've had a great encounter. There's no means a. Um, a bash on them but i kind of felt like the three days was like a, here you go now you got your sunday hunt and shut up kind of thing well if you followed the uh the way the court processions went and everything there i watched it man. it, it, it was of, it was done it me- every sunday was done but then yep. certain people couldn't shut their mouths we got farmers driving around here with bumper stickers saying no sunday no sunday hunting yep and it it's crazy, man, because it doesn't make – they don't make uh, – I'm, like, getting into it. They don't even make it – they don't make any sense. They <laughs> no. say that the reason, the reason why they don't want Sunday hunting is because they don't want – they don't want people hunting on their property. Well, why can't – what if I want – what if I hunted on your property on a Saturday? Yeah, what's the difference? They don't want people sneaking on their property is what they're saying. Yeah. But you can't do that any other day. So why – Right. it doesn't make any sense to me, but – you gotta you gotta abide to both sides i guess you know yeah and i'm with you there and it it makes me scratch my head that the uh the biggest proponents are actually uh agriculture based groups yeah exactly and that's it's sad but that's kind of a like a defeating industry right now too yeah it's it's not the tree huggers it's not the uh it's not PETA. it's not the it's local agriculture groups are the ones who are pushing back well, the land that we hunt, uh, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a lease, actually. It's um, its 30 acres that this older woman, if you guys, I don't you guys probably have no idea. You ever heard of New Hope, Pennsylvania? Yes, I have. That's where we hunt, and we have 30 acres. This older woman, she lives there by herself, and uh, she lets us hunt there because she knows about how deer hit cars and stuff, and that's kind of how we got it, and we're just so blessed you know like that doesn't happen i have people all the time tell me you hunt in new hope like you hunt down there i'm like yeah like how the hell did you get that it was just by luck by kenny kenny knew someone who knew her and it just now we manage it and it's it's pretty much ours to a sense that's awesome man and because she she knows the deal you know she's not like the other her neighbors the other people because i got some stories about the neighbors man (laughs) i'm sure i have no doubt I've had some problems like in this past season. I mean, if you want me to get into it, I can get into it. Go ahead, man. Yeah, give us a story. <laughs> yeah, so these are always the best. <laughs> so we've been hunting. I could I could get back to where me and Kenny started hunting. We started hunting at this property about four or five years ago. Um, never had a problem. Never met her neighbors. Um, never seen her neighbors. And my tree stands located. There's a there's a whole field about a two hundred yard. 200-yard field that I'm on the edge of at this bottleneck where the two fields connect. She doesn't own the field. She just owns the woods. But um, the property line, there's a line that goes, like, diagonal through the field. So I could shoot into the field for about 50, 60 yards. So I have my tree stand right on the field edge where they where they hug the tree line. And I've never seen a guy drive through there. I've never seen anyone, ever. So last season in September, I hung this new set on a field edge where I seen a lot of bucks. I was super excited. And every sit, I hear I hear a quad in a distance. 
This quad comes rolling by me on the field edge, doesn't look up at me, doesn't see me, doesn't acknowledge me at last light every single night in September at prime time. And ruins, scares all the, I have, I have 50 deer in a field milling. Scares them all away. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Who the fuck is this guy? I'm fired up because I don't know who the hell he is because we've been hunting there for four years and the, the property owner has never changed. So I'm like, why is this guy all of a sudden now want to do this? And he, he truly doesn't see me. Like, he doesn't look up at me. And I have no idea how to get his attention because I, I never know when he's going to creep up on me. So the one time he uh, he drove by and I seen him coming out and I was like, fuck this. I'll ruin my hunt. I don't care. I'll get out of the tree stand. I got out of the tree stand. I waved to him. I was like, hey, yo, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I didn't know you were hunting here. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, all right. Um, yeah, I won't, I, I won't come here when you're hunting. I was like, how are you going to know when I'm not hunting? He's like, oh, so I was like, here, take my number. So he gave me his number and I texted him every day that I was hunting, which was fucking every day. So I think he started <laughs> to not like that he can't drive his precious quad around. <laughs> so I text him every day and he would never respond. I just wouldn't see him. And then he texted me and he's like, hey, if you ever need to recover a deer on my property, you can. I said, oh, sweet, man. Thanks. You know, because he has he has prime land. He has about 300 acres of woods and fields. All the big bucks we see come from his woods. That's where they're bedding down there. We've asked to hunt there numerous times. And he's always he's always gives us the shake around. You know, he doesn't right. never, never. Oh, but never a yes. So we just kind of backed off. And uh, so this year, but coming to the. I was thinking around March, we hung a feeder on the tree line with some minerals and stuff. And I put a trail camera on the tree line. I come back the next week to check the camera. The cameras leaned up against the tree and turned around. I'm like, all right, I don't know who did this. So I called them and I said, I said, Hey buddy. I said, I said, I don't know if you knocked this over with your quad or if it was you or not. Did, did you knock this trail camera over? And he said, Oh no, I didn't knock it over. I picked it up and put it against the tree. Uh, I was like, um, uh, why the fuck would you do that? And, and he was like, well, it was on my property. I said, no, it's not. And I said, you want to meet me? I'm here. I have the property lines printed out. I have them right here. This is not your property, but I don't, but it's tough because it's a tough situation. Cause I don't want to piss him off because every deer that we shoot runs on his property and we have to recover it. Right. So I don't want him getting, I kind it's, it's a real tough situation. Yeah, you got to manage the relationship. I don't want to be an asshole to him, but when he started touching my shit, because I live, I don't live close to the lease where I could just drive there after work. I live an hour away. So when I put a trail camera out there, I'm excited to go see what it is. And then I get there and it's turned over. You could see my frustration with that. Oh, completely. Yeah. So I, I called him out on it and he was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, uh, what, whatever, whatever. Just, just put it back. Just, you can put it back. It's fine. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, so you did all that for did you just to, he's for you just to tell me to do that. And I haven't talked to him since, but so this year is going to be, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. If we want to actually go talk to him in person and just listen, be like, listen, dude, this is it. This is what we're doing. We're filming. We're trying to get this. We're trying to do this. Can you just work with us? And if you have a problem, call us first, stuff like that. And that's the type of people that live around this area that we hunt. So that's, that's why we're so blessed to be able to have the little 30 acres that we do have. Yeah. But even that, the fact that he'll talk to you, and work with you and he didn't just steal yeah. your camera or smash your camera that's pretty big yeah. down there yeah it is and i'm blessed that he's not a hunter too because he i yeah he kind of would have he would have fucked us out of a lot of deer yeah definitely All the big deer that come out of our property come from his 
but yeah, we're pretty we're pretty lucky, man. We can't really complain, but we do have our bad apples, just like everywhere. For sure, that's a that's just suburban hunting in itself, dude. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not used to that. You know, I told you I grew up hunting. Stephen knows up in Potter County where that is. We didn't have neighbors for miles at our camp, so I never had to really deal with people. Oh yeah, you ran into someone out there, or something was wrong, or uh, you crossed a line you weren't supposed to. Yeah, if I run on some, if I run into someone in the woods up there, man, something, yeah, something's not good. That's that's like when I went down to Virginia and was hunting down there. It's just a total different world compared to like yeah. the suburban <laughs> hunting that I hunt up here. You know, like in the rules and the regs and stuff. So it's definitely, I, I get it, I understand it. I mean, you're worried about. I mean, down here, if the deer runs on the wrong person's property, you got to call the warden to go and get it because the person won't let you yeah. on the property. Well, that's that. That's actually a misconception that I had for years. I thought that I don't know how it is in your guys' estate, but I thought that if you call the game commission, the, the landowner has to let you go get it. No. That's entirely not true, and I was totally misinformed. And I, I just that's a law that definitely needs to be changed because that deer is just going to sit there. I don't know why that's legal. Yeah, I think but that should all, fall under wanton waste. Yeah, that, I don't really like that at all. But I didn't know that, so that's when I started to really friendly with the guy because I I didn't really want him to screw us over like that. But that's why, like, we're we're kind of done here. I mean, we're this might be our last year hunting this property. I mean, because I'm moving out there and. I'll be close to Ohio and stuff, and we're really looking at a lease out there and trying to just move on to bigger and better things because we, we've been doing everything we can to grow these deer on our property, and we haven't had a deer on camera above above a 130, 135. is probably the biggest deer we've ever had on camera. We've done everything we could do, food plots, mineral sites. I just I think it's a genetic thing. I, I mean, we see some big bucks during the rut, but in-house, like, that are staying around, we, you don't got nothing yeah, yeah. that's going to get excited. So it's – if we want to keep growing this thing and we want to keep shooting, I want to shoot big deer. I got to go where they are. And that's kind of what we're doing. Cool. Well, I've got to ask. So do you put in for the uh, Pennsylvania elk draw? I did twice. I haven't because I, I heard a lot about how that hunting is. And I, I'd rather, I'd rather just go out to Colorado and do it myself. Cause I, I hear I hear some horror stories about it about some of these elk hunts how they how they kind of have them organized it didn't really seem much like hunting to me like what like, well, like that's so- not that's not how I wanted to shoot my first elk so, so how do they do it that's so different you gotta you gotta you have to have a guide it's you have to pay for a guide so it's not real it's not just you get a tag and you get to go out it's not like that oh so you can't hunt public land or anything you got to get a guide to do it. Well, it's all. It is public. Yeah, it's, it's public, public land. This is. I, I'm not 100. But I'm 98 percent sure that that's what you need to do. You need to actually get a guide and stuff like that. I don't know. I was looking at some stuff because I usually put in. I just put in last week for it. And uh, yeah, last year they were talking about a couple of guys who were solo hunting without a guide. They didn't have success, and they kept trying really? to push that as an attribution to if they had a guide, they could have killed. But that, were, that's probably maybe most of them just use guides, and I, that's what I thought. I, I, I don't know. I just I never did it. I never really was. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm hard headed. I'm I love my elk hunting, and if I can pull yeah. that tag, then I'll go out there and get stupid and see if okay. I can't waste the money on it. Of course, yeah. I, I every year I say I'm going to do it or send in the the. Um, the lottery try to get it but i never end up getting around to it uh, it's one of those things like i beat myself up because for the past six years i haven't mm-hmm. and i'm going it's 12 dollars to put in 
I mean, yeah. that that's yeah, right. a single stop at 7-Eleven. I know, right? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just put, put in and start accumulating points and just keep putting in for the early archery, either sex, down in a particular unit and just build yep. those points. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. Ultimately, it's still the cheapest elk hunt I've ever heard of in the U.S. Yeah. It's getting well, drawn is the hard part. population is unbelievably growing fast. Oh, yeah. And there were some like, studs that came out last is, year. I think their goal is to try to get it to be like a regular tag. Like I'm talking 50 years down the road, but I think that's right. like their ultimate because they're i've seen them they're up by our camp you could drive 30 minutes to the public land where they're at they're everywhere like they're they're really growing them good well and that's things in the fall you can go up and camp out there what is it at elk city uh you got elk city get uh somewhere out by galton yeah a bunch of them yeah you, you just, seem to just wander around. you just camp out at the campgrounds there and sit and listen to the elk bugle they'll come into the campgrounds yeah you know it's it's starting to get nuts up there yeah, it's crazy. They're really and, – and if you look at the history books, Pennsylvania used to have a, a shit ton of elk, they, a lot. It used to be a really they, – they have so many towns up there named after elk. Right. Because it used to be a really big species up there, and then it kind of faded off. But they're definitely doing their work, and they're growing it up. I, I was going to go down there shed hunting, but the problem with that is I've heard that the locals get a lo- really crazy about the antlers. I I don't know that for a fact, but knowing the locals up there, they don't like people that aren't from there. So probably, <laughs> well, they don't like us. We've had a camp there for over over sixty years, so and yeah. they still hate us. Well, really? the way I see it is, uh, it's public land, and if I get in there and find it first, guess what? It's mine. Yep, that damn flatlander took my fucking elk shed. Yeah, well, I hate to tell them, but my elevation right here where I'm at is a little bit higher than them, so they can't call me a, a flatlander. And I came from 8,000 feet, so they really can't call me a flatlander. That's what the northerners do, like in New Hampshire and stuff. They call us, or Maine, they call us all flatlanders when we come up from Connecticut to go up oh, there yeah. shed hunting. They freak out about it. They hate it, especially yeah, in this airplane. Yeah, that's how they are. They hate us. Dude. We go to the local bar, man. They fucking hate us. Like they just because up there we'll tip, we'll tip. Like there'll be five of us. We'll tip twenty dollars at the bar, and they think we're being like great, like we're showing off, like we're being assholes. Or you know, we're just that's just where we live. Tipping twenty dollars for four dudes at a bar is not a bad thing, and they they look at us like we're like float like showboating that we have money because we're from we're from the Philadelphia area, and they they just fucking hate us. There's been, there's so many horror stories of them treating like doing shit to fucked up for people coming up there. Really, it's horrible. yeah yeah they're they're a different breed up there. Yeah, that's what happens when you live in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You got good guys, though. You, got, you do got good guys. So, so what's coming? What's some of the future? Uh, the future for uh, full draw assassins. You got anything new up and coming, or? Yeah, I mean, well, you. I don't know. I hope you're wearing it right now. I mean, we got merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> I am actually wearing it. <laughs> that that boy, Trev. There you go. So yeah, we got uh, we got merchandise that we roll. We. I didn't really. I never really wanted to do that, but then so many people started asking for it. So I was like, okay, we got to do something. And then it turned into that. But yeah, we're we're really just focused on Ohio in November and October. Like that's just our main focus. Like that's all we're talking about. I mean, we're excited for PA opener too, but 
we're just still planning out and, and picking spots. I mean, we're going back out there in August to scout one last time and uh, put some trail cameras up. And, uh, yeah, just really focusing hard on it. Keep looking at the maps every day, looking at new spots that we didn't look at when we were out there last time. So that's just the big main focus out for going out there. So, so you've preseason prepped in in um, Ohio already, right? Yeah, we went out there in March. Um, right, actually, right, right when they started shutting shit down. Actually, mm-hmm. I actually it was that Friday that I'll be ever done work and i was done work for two months after that but that's when we headed up there everything was closed luckily our hotel was open and we just spent four days walking miles and miles and miles and on all these ohio public lands and public lands a new venture for us you know we were spoiled with our private property and we just wanted to go outside our comfort zone and do it the hard way and show people we're legit and we're not fucking around and we're not sitting on 30 acres shooting does all the time and we want to go try to get an Ohio bruiser, you know, and do it the hard way. I hear you. Yeah, I think we're going to make the uh, the same attempt ourselves. We're blessed that we have a, a good buddy, Eric, who I guarantee you is sitting in this truck right now laughing, Bones. telling us to shut up. <laughs> but he's been uh, a, a godsend as far as our Ohio plans have been. Um, yeah. Just making he's- things happen. Yeah, he's put he's putting the fo- the boots on the ground, and you know, there's Chris Egler. He's also helping him out and stuff, and kind of, you know, tr- so that it can make it for a very successful hunt for us because we don't really have the chance or the opportunity to be able to go down there or the time. I'm more or less. I mean, both of us are really busy to be able to go there and scout. So, like, for you to go there in March, that that's a huge step in the in in the direction. And, and so, what what are you doing to? to kind of prep for that. Like I know for a lot of people, they don't, you know, they're kind of pigeonholed to staying in their local area. Right. So like, like for you to like take that leap and go to Ohio, like, what did you do? Like, how did it all occur? Like, what are you doing to prepare for that? What made us kind of go out there? That yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. Uh, I can't yeah, speak so, English. I'm sorry. I'm trying to sound smart, but I'm actually sound like a fucking idiot. So go ahead. That's all the water <laughs> in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> it's that hat, man. Oh, but, uh, it's squeezing a little tight. It's that leather. It's bouncing on my forehead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, so I actually went hunting in Ohio in about 2014 with all my gun hunting buddies. Um, that was a wing and a prayer. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. My buddy met a guy who lives in Ohio in a in Cancun, and he was like, oh, you hunt, come out to Ohio next hunting season. So we went out there, and we hunted one day, and it turned into just a fucking drinking fest for 10 days. I was young, dude. I didn't know. Like, I knew I loved hunting, but I didn't know, like, oh, Ohio has big deer. Like, I didn't know that shit. I, you know, I had no idea. And then I, I seen big deer driving around. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then over time, you know, just learn about it. I was like, dude, I got to go back there, man. But I want to go back there for bow hunting. Like, gun hunting in Ohio on public land was fucking crazy, dude. It was orange everywhere. I was, this is ridiculous. It was, like, worse than PA. It was unbelievable. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. No way. I'm like, so I'm if I ever go out there again, it's archery. And then I told Kenny, I said, dude, I said, you want to chase big bucks, dude? And he's like, he's like, always. And I was like, I was like, let's go to Ohio. And he's like, all right, I'm down. And then I was, we'd go out in March. I love, I, I'm a firm believer. If you hunt public land to scout in February and March, because that's kind of how the terrain's going to look when you go out in November. If you, if you go scouting in the summer when everything's grown up, you don't know what that tree's going to look like in the fall. 
you have no idea. So I like going out in March because all the leaves are still down. So I could see kind of what it's going to look like come hunting season. So that's why we decided to go out in March. Um, we picked out numerous spots. We hiked miles and miles. We all, we have about five spots between the both of us that were just, that are just, we, uh, we did a checklist after every day going into it. I one out of five for every category. I said, was there hunting, presence there like old tree stands trash anything you know we gave that a number and then we did access gave that a number deer sign gave that a number rubs gave that a number we made like a spreadsheet and narrowed it down to five solid spots that we want to hunt we found a really nice shed out there you could go on our page and see it and you can even watch our yeah it's a stud our whole scouting trips on YouTube. So, but, uh, yeah, we found that nice shed on the last day, the last two hours of a four day scouting trip. So that was kind of like the cherry on top for all the hard work we did walking around and stuff. So that was pretty cool. And that was, I just, the first thing I did when I found out, I said, aren't you fucking glad we're coming out here? And he just looked at me and smiled. So that's, that's kind of the main reason we're going out there. That's awesome, man. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah, I mean, you could sit, you can hunt and be comfortable where you hunt. Like, that's fine. Like, there's no problem with that. I love where we hunt in Pennsylvania, but nah, dude, I, I, <laughs> I want to chase the dream, man. Chasing the dream involves chasing big bucks, and that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I love it, especially Ohio, man. You never know what's gonna come around the corner. It seems like. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into it, man, because we got a lot of Ohio friends that would probably be really upset. <laughs> oh, they're coming out there? You, no, 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 no. Just if we talk too much about it and put too much light on how it's such a sleeper state. It's not. It's starting not to be, which sucks. When I went out there the first time, it definitely was. The out-of-state license was half the freaking price when I went out there the first time. Mm-hmm. What's, Easy, it, what's it now? Yeah. 250 Jeez. With tags? When I went there the first time, it was like one, one something. With tags? Yeah, I think I, I can't remember. Yeah, first, I, think I think that's you, all included. You get, either, you get an either sex tag, I think. and then, Yeah. Yeah. It's all worth it when, you know, you figure yeah. 250 for the license, 600 for the mount, eh, whatever. It's only a 700 yeah, right? top. <laughs> Still cheaper than paying an outfitter. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. Yep. And it's it's like Ohio's just like Pennsylvania, man. I mean, the terrain's the same. It's it's really not a big leap for us. It's not like we're going to the prairies or something. So it's not that different. It's just around the corner, you can have a fucking buck of a lifetime walk up on you that we know we're not going to have at our property. That you know what I mean, and it's worth that. What what's your dream hunt, Derek? Oh. Hunting whitetails in Kansas or really? hunting elk in Utah. Why, why, do, why do you say Kansas? Why do you say Kansas? I always was drawn to Kansas, man. All my favorite hunting shows, all my favorite episodes of shows were always in Kansas. And I just love the, I just love the open fields and hunting on like a small tree and a little pasture, man, and an open field and seeing them bucks come through those, all those high grass, man. Just something about that gives me chills, mm-hmm. dude. I'd love to see that. Oh, I'm with it. I'm totally with it. Like especially rut and they're running down those the the, the transitions and the little little tiny creek bottoms mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm all. About I grew it. up hunting hardwoods, you know, just like you boys probably mm-hmm. did. So something like that's completely different for me. So I would love to experience that type of terrain. Well, I I don't know about Stephen because he get he got to hunt in the sandland, but it's the sandland shit. Is it the desert? <laughs> is it Arizona's the desert? <laughs> Have you ever looked up the White Mountains, of Arizona? 
No, never, dude. Never. Yeah. It's about 8,000 feet at the base. We have ski resorts. It looks more like Colorado. We have the biggest elk in the U.S. Uh, it's all pine and aspen, and very occasionally you'll find some oak. But, you know, it, it's just basically a conifer forest. It's the largest pine forest in the U.S. Yeah, that's that's like the desert, bro. <laughs> nah. Nah. You're talking, you drop down two and a half hours below us into the muggy on rim and down into the valley and whatnot. Yes, then you're getting into it, but you're in coos deer country and desert muley country. But where I'm at was high mountain elk and mule deer and antelope and okay. all the big stuff. Now, on Arizona elk tag, Steve, that's really hard to get, right? Even as a local, it's hard to get. It yeah, is insane. So my my oldest brother put in for about 22 years straight before he drew his archery elk tag in a trophy unit. Holy shit. Yeah. And I put in my entire life and only ever pulled two tags. Did he have success? Oh, yeah. Uh, first one was a cow. First one or a uh, second one was a, a bull in uh I'm not even going to say the unit, but around where I grew up and, you know, we pulled a, a 350 bull on second to the last day. Oh, and it was worth it then. That's awesome. And, and everyone laughs because I'm like, oh, it's a 350 bull. Well, the unit we're hunting, you know, if, if you're persistent and patient, we produce 400 inch bulls consistently. Yeah. You know, so I tell everyone, it's like, oh, a 350 bull is the last day bull, and people think I'm full of shit. I'm like, yeah. until you've been there and seen the quality of game there, trust me. I couldn't even imagine, yeah. dude. You talk about it all the time, like the strip and all that oh. shit. Oh. I couldn't even imagine. You don't even want to get into the Arizona strip with me. <laughs> it's is it? insane. Biggest mule deer in the world, hands down. Pulling now, a tag are they over there the counter, is the mule deer? Uh, certain units are over the counter. Uh, we don't have doe tags. It's if you're hunting, you're hunting buck. Okay. And the over the counter units are usually our weaker units. It is going to be a tough hunt for you. I'm not saying it's impossible. I've pulled a couple off of over the counter tags. But if you want the good units where the big guys are, it's draw only. And they are near impossible to pull off. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like one in 30,000 draw. Holy shit. Yeah, it gets crazy. That means one thing. There's big deer there. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I can give you a couple pages to look at afterwards that you, you can go in and see them. And you'll be like, holy shit. Well, don't they shoot muleys in the 300 inch range? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, you get up there on them strip bucks, you're passing 200-inch bucks. Yeah. Because around the next ridge or off the next drop-off, you may encounter a, an absolute unseen giant. And mule deer, man, they're not easy to hunt, dude. They're hard animals to bow hunt. Oh, yeah, it, it's tough hunting. Like I said, I don't think I've ever spent a day out hunting that I didn't walk more than or less than 10 miles. Holy shit, man. Wow. But, that was before I realized if you get on a high knob and you glass and then stock, it's a, a little less. We were just, we'd get on a ridge and we'd run it and we'd work it and just look and hunt and try to bump or try to find. And, you know, we were just a bunch of punk kids at the time too. So we weren't very educated, but <laughs> we could find deer and kill them. Damn. 
Isn't uh isn't Rack Rage doing a, a little bit of uh, elk stuff also? Yeah, actually, Rack Rage they got a new uh, they got a new logo out that they designed with um kind of a hunter backpacking out of elk head. It's pretty sick, actually. That's Do you want to explain what Rack Rage is, kind of a little bit for everybody, just so they kind of know? Because I know you do you work a lot with them and a little bit of a prelude. Yeah. yeah um, actually, it started out with just you know social media. How it is, a guy dropped me a message. I actually want a giveaway of his, and I want some stickers. And that's and then that's kind of how it started. And then I we kept talking, and then we met in Harrisburg at the Great Outdoor Show. He's with his wife and his two kids and we ended up going out to dinner that night and just shooting the shit and uh drinking some beers and having a good night and then it turned into hey yeah if you guys are ever out in western pennsylvania come on out and i we went out there and we actually was able to shoot my first turkey it was awesome he put us on some birds and yeah he steve's a really good dude he's the owner of rackridge he he has a really good vision, man. He makes a really good product. He has shirts for women, men, hats, beer koozies, tumblers. He has everything. He just he just loves hunting and just wanted to put his vision onto a shirt and onto merchandise. And he's been so good to us, and I couldn't be more grateful for him. But he's really grinding, man. He's a good dude. You go check him out, dude. His shirt, shirts and stuff are awesome. He doesn't cut corners with anything. It's all good material. Everything's great. So, so speaking of, where, where can you find him? Yeah, you go to his Instagram at Rack Rage, and then there's a link to his website, rackrage.net. And if you guys actually wanted to buy some stuff, you can use our code that we have for us. It's full draw. It'll give you 20% off anything on his website. So Damn, 20%. <laughs> yeah, go check him out, man. He's been... He's been real you must good. be real, real tight with him. You must be real tight with him. <laughs> he likes you. 20%. Jeez. Uh, that's just the that's just the code for you guys. You should you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so all the listeners the don't listen. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. I was yeah, oh, that's great. So, man, I gotta ask one question, dude, and it's one question we always ask: Is what drives you outdoors, man? Oh, I was waiting for that one. Um, yeah, that's tough. Dude. That's tough, and I'm sure a lot of people have trouble answering this because there's so many things. Um honestly there's like two things i mean the first thing is family tradition man every one of my family's on it and took me outdoors as a kid growing up fishing hunting hiking doing everything you could do outside man and as my family got older and cousins got started having kids and just the family started to stray away from the hunting tradition i'm kind of the last one keeping it alive especially and on a big level too i'm bow hunting doing all that doing all this extra stuff that no one really did so it's good to leave the family name and keep pushing forward and keep hunting and keep going outdoors and hopefully i teach my kids if i ever have kids one day the the meaning of going outside and living the family name up to the tradition of hunting so and then now my drive has completely changed over the last year it used to just be able to just used to be able to go outdoors and everything was good for me but now having a camera in my hand and taking pictures and videos and just being able to broadcast what i see outdoors to everyone to get people to kind of want to go outdoors and hunt and do other things man that's just it drives me every day it drives me to get that footage to get that shot and to kind of teach with my photos and my videos and stuff like that that's badass man beautiful it is totally beautiful (laughs) that's music to my ears oh somebody who's in it for the right reasons man 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so. you can't be in it for anything else but that, you know? Definitely. You know, keep pushing it forward and get the next generation out there. That's all it is. And it's, like I said, where we live, man, that, that means that means more than anything to us because to get these kids around our area to try to get outdoors and it's hard, but hopefully they can see what we're doing and want to do it and want to get outside, man. Sweet. Well, Derek, before we let you go real quick, let everybody know again where they can find you. Okay, you guys, yeah, you can find us at Full Draw Assassins on Instagram, and you can head over to our YouTube at Full Draw Assassins and keep an eye out. Hunting season's coming, so hopefully we have some really good footage coming to you guys soon. Awesome. Don't forget to buy a hat. Yeah, don't forget to buy a hat. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Message us. Right? Get on it. No, we got new stickers too. So make, don't we got new to... stickers. I'll be sending you boys. Hell yeah, bro. Yep. Get that merch out. We'll keep pushing it. Thanks, fellas. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's been a pleasure. And uh, if you ever have any questions or anything, reach out. Ask Derek and Kenny. They'll tell you what they know. And uh, like I said they're doing it like the everyday average person going out and just getting it. Uh, you don't get that a lot. You're either an expert or you're not. These guys are telling you how it really is, and you should follow along. That That's Thanks, really – that, that's the way I see it. I don't know if Trev sees it. He may think I'm stupid. I don't know. I already what know we're we talking don't. about? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, ultimately, give these guys a follow. Check them out. Check out their YouTube, and, and just check out what they're doing. It, it's cool. It's unique, and it's, it's raw, real. I mean, there's, in terms of, gee, raw, real, no bullshit, you know, they're going to show you how it is. There's there's no corners cut. There's no, hey, we're producing this to not show you reality. And that's all you can ask for. It's the way, it's the, honestly, it's the way that the, you know, the industry needs to curve back to, man, because everybody's kind of sick and tired of that, you know, and I, I'm the not can, crush on somebody. Canned but- hunting. Yeah, and you know the Midwest and the the whole like you know they they've managed a property for a hundred and one years. Their family managed it, and there's a hundred and sixty inch deer coming around every tree. And you know, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but you know what? Us real blue collar people that chase the dream. This is what they're doing. So go and follow them. Yeah. Full draw assassins. Thanks, guys. That's what we're just. That's all we're trying to do, man. We're we're not trying to act like we have 180 inch deer running around on our our Illinois farm. You know, we're telling you how it is. We're suburban Pennsylvania, trying to shoot something and get some meat on the ground and get it on film. That's the short and simple version of us. That's all we are. Hell yeah, man! Like I said before, it's beautiful. So thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. I'm sorry you had to rush home from work to talk to us, or not. <laughs> but uh for everybody out there listening we appreciate you and we want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive 